Welcome to Experts Only Podcast, sponsored by Clean Capital. You can learn more at cleancapital.com. I'm your host, John Powers. Each week, we explore the intersection of energy, innovation, and finance with leaders across the industry. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, thank you so much for joining us on today's Experts Only Podcast. Uh, For those in the room that don't know, the intersection of energy, innovation, and finance. And we talk to industry leaders about what's going on in the marketplace today and where they see the marketplace going in the future. For the folks listening uh, through the podcast, we are here today at the New York uh, Green Innovation Showcase. And I'm having a conversation with the president and CEO of NYSERDA, the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, Alicia Barton. For those that aren't, aren't familiar with NYSERDA, we'll talk a lot more about it. Uh, but NYSERDA is really leading the way in the energy transition that we're facing here in this country uh, and setting the standard for many other states to follow. We're going to talk a little bit about Alicia's background and then get into the work that is happening at NYSERDA and really where, where we're headed here in New York. So Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. This is a really fun way to have this conversation. Yeah, appreciate it. So Alicia's got an amazing experience both in the public and private sector uh, you were the CEO of the Massachusetts Clean Energy Center, Center, but you also co-chaired Foley Hoag's Energy and Clean Tech Practice. Growing up in Ohio, uh, you went to Ohio State, focused on natural resources. It seemed like clean energy probably was something you were thinking about back then. What led you into that space? Well, um, you know, I, it's funny you start with the hardest questions. Talking about myself is definitely um, more uncomfortable for me than than talking about clean energy, which I'm so passionate about. But I am maybe one of those relatively unusual people that sort of knew what I wanted to do when I grew up, wow. um, even even back in school, and and was really focused on at that time. You know, in the '90s, the growing awareness around. Um, the crisis of climate change that was coming our way and, yeah. and focused on environmental issues. So, yes, I, I started as a, as a science major in undergrad and then um, ended up going to law school and kind of taking it from there. Yeah, what led you to law school from science? Um, loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I did a bunch of internships and um, I like three different labs. I interned at um, Ohio EPA oh, yeah. and uh, ha- did a bunch of work in the field. And in all of those jobs, you were, you know, sort of singularly focused on your project and kind of, you know, getting your data collected and analyzing it and all of that, which is great, obviously important, but it wasn't it wasn't as collaborative. And I kind of, you know, wanted to go into something where I was yeah. going to be, um, you know, working in teams and 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 maybe talking more, uh, which law school obviously <laughs> afforded. Yeah. <laughs> so for all those lonely scientists out there, there's a path ahead. <laughs> Outstanding. So. You know, you've had such a, like we mentioned, such a vast career, and you've touched so many different parts of the sector. With We're witnessing such an amazing transformation, which we'll talk more about in the energy market and the way we receive our electricity, the way power is delivered. But in those experiences, what, how has that helped transform you as a leader for NYSERDA? Oh, wow. That's, that's an interesting question. It, it is... Um... So I have been focused on this space my entire career, as I just said, um, in different roles, some public sector, some private sector, um, some legal, some non-legal. And, you know, in and around all of those uh, roles, just kind of, you know, focused on progress, trying to aim at, um, you know, moving away from fossil fuels, build a clean energy alternative and, um, you know, figure out how to (laughs) how to make life um, uh, a little more sustainable for the long term. That 
has changed radically for me, even in the last year, I would say, and then even in the last couple of months. So um, the amount of momentum that we've been picking up in recent times in terms of, um, you know, markets moving um, and also public awareness around these issues has been eye-opening for me, even, even having been singularly focused kind of on this issue. And then when you add on the IPCC recent report um, that came out that to me was, again, sort of almost, you know, jaw dropping um, and really confronting how urgent the climate crisis is and how soon um, the effects of climate change are going to start being, you know, perceived and 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 felt and uh, on a more serious basis. That was something that. Um, I think has reinforced to me just the sense of urgency, right? I think right. all of those, all of those experiences. It's been a long-term effort. We've been aiming in this direction for a while, but the sense of urgency could not be greater. And I guess you know, from a leadership perspective, that's what I, you know, try and um, instill in our team and focus on at NYSERDA is that we don't, we don't have the luxury of time to get this right, which has yeah. a lot of implications. But you know, that's one of our, I think, foundational principles. Yeah, we're no longer talking 100 years from now. We're talking 12 years. It is. It is. That's what the report says. 2030, you know, we will start uh, experiencing severe effects from climate change already. And as both parents of toddlers, it's literally our kids will be walking in the middle school and they'll be making serious effects or facing the serious effects. Yeah, no, you can't. As a parent, you can't help but think about that. And, you know, really even focusing on the fact that this is, again, this is, you know, when my son's in high school, that's what we're talking about for 2030. So for folks that aren't in the room today, can you talk a little bit about what NYSERDA does in the mission? Yeah. So NYSERDA is um, a really unusual um, platform is, the, is kind of the way that I think about it for uh, government's role in advancing innovation and clean energy markets. So not a lot of organizations nationally that are um, comprised the way NYSERDA is, where we are fortunate to have a, a lot of tools in the toolbox is kind right. of the way that I think about it. We've, um, you know, so we, ha- we are the energy policy office for the state of New York. Um, we are also an investment fund, certainly, um, in uh, clean energy technologies and companies, everything from early stage um, R&D to, uh, uh, you know, a direct investment fund for mature, more mature technologies in early markets through, for example, our efforts at the New York Green Bank. Um, and we are a market participant as well. So we play a role similar to what utilities do in a lot of other states where we procure renewable energy on behalf of the state of New York. And we um, participate in for energy. The state of- for the state entities? No, really on behalf of all ratepayers uh, oh. in the state of New York. So um, in many cases, and including in Massachusetts, where um, where I used to work and live, um, you know, the, the utilities are required to hit RPS targets. You think right. about that. And they will um, go out and procure, you know, under power purchase agreements, um, renewable energy projects. And ICERTA actually performs that function and then allocates those obligations to the what's called the load-serving entities, right. the LSEs, to use the energy jargon. Um, so we centralized that procurement under under the umbrella at NYSERDA, and we've been we've been making some very big moves in that area. Excellent. So all of those things together, it's kind of an unusual combination. Yeah, it's, it's unique. And here we are really focused on an innovation. Can you talk a little bit about what today's summit's about and some of the folks that are in the room? Yeah, so this is uh, the New York Green Energy Showcase, which, and this is my first time at this event, although NYSERDA has hosted this event previously. And this is one of our kind of uh, you know signature gatherings to bring together the the world class group of investors and partners uh, in innovation that we work with you know on a, on a daily basis, uh, and bring them together with the leading. 
emerging clean tech companies in New York State um, to foster, you know, obviously a, a lot of um, conversations around, you know, how to advance, and, uh, but also really, you know, with an emphasis on on matchmaking and kind of curating some of those conversations. Right. It's a really um, awesome event, and I'm, I'm really excited to see all of you here. Thank you for participating. Um, you know, we're, we're big picture. We're really focused on putting New York squarely on the global map for clean energy leadership and clean tech innovation, and gatherings like this are a big part of that. Yeah, as a company that just moved our second headquarters at Buffalo, we're very excited about that. So. Um, <laughs> and welcome, welcome to New York State. Thank you. Uh, so before we dive into the amazing things that are happening around the Rev process and uh, some of the, the real leadership New York showing, let's just step back and talk about what's going on sort of across the country right now. You've got really incredible leadership happening out of California. You've got certain states wrestling with the path ahead, but really we are facing a market that is completely being transformed right now. Utilities that are struggling with the changes of business models that are being, in some cases, forced upon them, in some cases, uh, that they're leaning forward and trying to address with things like distributed generation. You literally have new technologies coming on board, whether it be solar storage, microgrids, uh, that are helping to really change our ability to even do that type of distributed generation. You know, what are your thoughts about sort of where the market is and you know, where you sort of see it going here in the next several years? Well, I, you're, you're quite right to point to the pace of change and innovation. And, and globally, we are uh, experiencing a, a transition in our energy systems that I, I believe has no historic precedent. Right. We've never attempted to, you know, uh, uh, overturn large infrastructure and, and move to alternative infrastructure modes in such a condensed period of time, at least, you know, in the energy sector specifically. Maybe there are some, some analogs in other industries that have been disrupted. Um, and, you know, the, the way New York looks at that is um, saying, again, we're bringing a sense of urgency and an intent to help play a leadership role. That has been Governor Cuomo's right. kind of signature vision. Um, the Reforming the Energy Vision or REV initiative um, that New York has embarked on is really, um, you can think of it, you know, as an umbrella for a lot of our efforts around uh, clean energy advancement and energy innovation. We have, you know, these ambitious targets for green greenhouse gas reduction and deployment of renewable energy, for example, getting 50% of our renewable energy from 50% uh, of our electricity from renewable energy by 2030. But we've also done it, and I think what's, what's unique about REV in comparison to some of the other states that are also doing awesome leadership things is, uh, you know, we've been clear about the fact that uh, the business models of yesterday are not the ones that are going to be sufficient to tackle uh, this enormous energy transition and that we have to be thinking differently. Um, and that, you know, I think starts uh, largely with investor-owned utilities in the first instance, but has a, has a lot of ramifications, obviously. So in that process, there's so much transformation happening. There's so many different stakeholders at play, right? You have investors, you have utilities, you have the actual customers out there. How are you as having those stakeholder conversations to really help form the, the rev decision making? Well, one of the things I guess Rev is famous or maybe infamous in this instance for is having a lot of stakeholder conversations. Yeah. We have been, um, you know, really kind of focused. But across it's so the needed. Board. I mean, you're changing the game. <laughs> I get it. The people are going to are going to look at it and say, "Oh, this is bureaucracy." Yeah, there's a lot of process. But, but it's such a dramatic change in the way we're doing business. It's it's an important step. 
It is, it is. And, and we are making a lot of progress coming out of that. And, and, you know, that's by drawing on, again, not just the regulators and the utilities, yeah. but, um, you know, the, the market actors and service providers and, um, and investors in that conversation as well to make sure that we are putting in place the regulatory backdrop that will allow, again, new business models to uh, actually yeah. be successful and to attract capital and, and investment. And how's NYSERDA in that looking to sort of accelerate innovation and support things like early stage startups that could make a big change in that uh, that structure? Well, we're doing we're doing a lot in that regard, and um, you know, making New York State one of the uh, leading innovation ecosystems for clean tech, uh, making it one of the best places to you know start and grow a clean tech company is is absolutely squarely within our set of goals because we know again similar to the business model kind of conversation you know the um, you know the technologies and and approaches have to be different we have to be looking forward and and again we don't have a lot of time to get there so we're we're pushing hard on trying to accelerate innovation where we can um, we have you know just a, a wide range of, of programs and everything from again early stage R&D to um, support for early stage companies um, and that's direct support financial support from NYSERDA we have a number of grant and investment opportunities that are available to uh, New York-based clean tech startup companies. We work with partners uh, like proof of concept centers, incubators. And I think one of the things that's pretty cool about New York and, and maybe a little different than um, you know, some of the other uh, clean tech hubs or, or tech hubs nationally is, you know, a lot of this activity is spread across the state. Um, yeah. You know, your company would be a great example of that being located in Buffalo. Buffalo's in New Brooklyn, if you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that, you know, that poses an opportunity and a challenge, yeah. right? You know, geography is a challenge. Sometimes it's a big state, so um, it can be hard necessarily for investors, you know, to, to kind of see everything, right. you know, in, in one spot. But, um, you know, NYSERDA tries to do that work and build those bridges in, in a lot of ways for the companies that are coming out of, um, you yeah. know, Rochester and Buffalo and, and Binghamton and the like. It's hard enough being a, a startup to begin with. You know, if most folks in the audience here that are running startups aren't creating an app that's going to go take someone's picture and spread it on social media. We're dealing in a very regulatory heavy environment. So you really have to think through the business models, the regulatory structures, the target uh, communities you're going into, much probably deeper than many other startup communities. And I think Nysurda's role in that is really critical in helping to coach folks and bring them through. So I think the leadership is going to be incredibly helpful to help scale some of the startups that are here in New York, which for us was an attractive thing to bring us yeah, clean tech is hard, right? It, it is, is hard. a uh, it is a, it is a hard, notoriously hard space, and and we do think that part of our role at NYSERDA is to help yeah. um, de-risk that or navigate it or um, you know provide bridges where needed. One of the one of the programs we have for early stage companies that are located or or um, are partnered with our statewide network of incubators are called ignition grants, and they are you know relatively small dollar grants, but they're meant to help companies get through, you know, a specific commercialization milestone that's ahead of them um, that may not be technology-based. It may be understanding uh, regulatory or legal risk um, around one of their product offerings. And, um, you know, we rolled that out earlier earlier this year and are in the process of making our first awards. And we're we're excited about um, being able to offer those type of uh, resources. That's great. I'm going to open it up to the audience here. 
in a second. So if you have any questions, please line up with the microphones. But before we're doing that, I'm going to talk a little bit about Empire State Development, um, the New York State's Economic Development Agency. And can you talk a little bit about their role and maybe how you guys work together? Yeah, clean energy. Absolutely. So they they are more broadly focused, obviously, on all things economic development in New York State, and um, NYSERDA does partner with them. They have um, you know a couple of a couple of uh, signature efforts, including um, you know venture investing arm that uh, that they host for again promising New York based companies, yeah. and uh, as well as investing in the statewide I- innovation resources um, that uh, again that sort of bridge tech and clean tech and other other areas as well. Excellent. Uh, any audience questions? And if you've got, please feel free to line up at the mic and we'll come back to you in a second. So I sort of just recently released its clean energy jobs report. Uh, I think there's a lot of great news in there. Can you fill us in on some of the findings? Absolutely. I'm, I'm a huge evangelist for clean energy jobs. And, um, you know, I, I'd encourage all of us that are, you know, doing this work to focus on um, really being clear about that story because it is such yeah. a good news story. And, and we all know it gets lost in the in the national media, right, that focuses on, Absolutely. you know, coal jobs, um, which are a tiny fraction of solar jobs, let alone clean energy jobs. But, um, you know, this is why we have to we have to have some clarity and focus around it. For New York State, the report we released showed that, you know, clean tech is a somewhat um, small at this stage, but rapidly growing part of the New York economy. And not small in an absolute sense. There are over 150,000 people employed in the clean energy industry uh, across New York State. Um, that uh, that sector outpaced growth in the overall economy. And we all know we're sort of in a um, historically hot economy, um, uh, pretty much two to one over the last year, um, adding almost 6,000 jobs in one year alone. Wow. And the employers in the sector are really bullish. They they are predicting another 8% growth in the year ahead. Um, and we know that that's you know, a direct link to um, some of the policies that are being put in place in the state, you know, yeah. sending market signals around you know, our renewable energy targets, our energy storage targets, and the like. So you can't say this as a, as a employee of the, the government. I will say it. As, as company managers, owners, investors, we've got to take that message out to our local political uh, elected officials and tell that story to support these types of policies. Uh, and so those type of jobs reports are really important to tell that story because I feel like for a long time it was what we could be doing and now it's, it's happening, right? The growth is here and it's happening. Yeah, it, it's all real, right, for people. You know, you think about clean energy. I, I just worry people think it's, like, so far in the future and right. it's not tangible. And it's, we're starting to make some progress there. You know, certainly the growth of the national growth and, and growth in New York State specifically of the solar industry helps a lot because the panels are right. so visible. But, you know, I think what it really becomes real to people and to local officials and to local chambers of commerce when they know that, you know, their neighbor is running a business in this yeah. industry or they work for an energy efficiency company. You know, those are those are the types of things that make people think. You know, this isn't a crazy idea. We can we can do this. And they're localized jobs that can't be sent overseas because a wind technician lives right there in the rural community. So, absolutely excellent. So we got we have a question from the audience. Paul? Hi, uh, my name is Paul Schwartz. I'm the CEO of a company called Thermolift. We were part of a grant program with NYSERDA for a half a million dollars in our early stage development in 2013. With Joe Barwick was our program manager and some familiar faces around the room, Nick and Mike Shimatsu know us very well. What I want to ask about is the, the story of electrification as it relates to renewable energy, but how much electrification do you think can be accomplished in New York State with the grid capacity? 
because grid capacity and electrification go together. You can provide a lot of electricity into the system and if you're going to replace all power generation. But if you're using electricity for heating homes in the wintertime, you need a lot more electricity. So you need to double, maybe triple the grid to replace the fossil fuels being used. So the story of electrification is interfering a little bit in what our objective is, which is to cut carbon in a home by 50%. So what's Rev's version on, on, on vision on that and ISERTA's vision on the electrification story as that relates to heating and cooling? That's a, that's a great question. It is a huge issue. So we, we tend to think um, for New York State policy and at ICERTA around, you know, a lot of our 2030 targets um, and then, you know, beyond to 2050. And they are uh, carbon-based targets. And um, that's something that's been a shift in, in sort of recent policy evolution, getting away from, you know, just looking at, um, you know, megawatt hours and, and thinking of energy efficiency as needing to uh, decrease reliance on uh, electricity as opposed to looking at, you know, carbon reduction, which drives a potentially, um, in, potentially an increase in reliance on electricity, but one that is cleaner overall. So we actually see that as we look forward. We, we, we do a lot of modeling and projections about the energy system for New York State. And um, it doesn't show up immediately, but as we um, start to push on beneficial electrification, we absolutely do see that when you think about, you know, you're going to have a system that's 50% renewable energy, that's um, that's going to be on a, on a bigger denominator, right? We're going to actually have to see load growth to actually hit our our target goals. And so we've been working through that shift and it, um, you know, it's something we're still, I think, kind of working through in a number of areas. One of, um, one of the things I would point to would be um, something that was very significant for New York State earlier this year. Governor Cuomo set a, a new energy efficiency target and we released a, a very detailed policy white paper alongside that called New Efficiency New York. And it, it's not, we didn't title it that just because it's catchy, but really trying to focus on the fact that we need new ideas around energy efficiency. And in that paper, specifically recommended going to carbon-based metrics so that we wouldn't undermine um, our path to, towards beneficial electrification. Um, we're considering, um, you know, what we can do to scale up the market for heat pumps and clean heating and cooling technologies very aggressively. It's, it's a huge issue for New York State. And you can, you know, uh, the podcast listeners don't know, but we're in this room with a beautiful view of Lower Manhattan, and um, you can see that you know a big part of our energy story is in buildings um, for for this part of the state in particular. So we've got to um, figure out some of those clean heating and cooling solutions if we're going to actually hit the targets. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, my name is Yaniv. I'm the CEO of SolarCal. Alicia, we met. We're 76 West winners, so we met in Santander. And John, I'm a big fan of the. Podcast. Thank you. Can you tell people on the audio and the radio what 76 West is? So group. 76 West is an ICERTA-sponsored uh, competition to facilitate more job creation in the center of New York. Um, so to bring different clean tech companies to come in and open their offices there. We now have an office in, in Ithaca, and we have a few clients there, and we're going to do broker two and a half megawatts there, which I think would never happen uh, without a 76 West support. So thank you for uh, the support. Yeah, that's My great. My question for Nicera, um, obviously the Rev and what we do all as clean tech entrepreneurs is a lot of infrastructure projects which requires some support from local towns, counties, because we're changing the infrastructure of the state. How much work does Nicera do on top of project finance and company finance on working with the local towns and municip on municipalities and counties on having them support us when we come in with projects, I feel there's a lot of friction 
between these these two sides. So, and I said, I guess also doing some work on that front. I'm curious to hear more about what's happening on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's a it's a huge issue, and it is an area that we um, that we are focused on. That's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, for all of these um, technologies and projects. Is getting getting them actually built and sited, and that can be at times uh, a complex process for a number of reasons, including just you know education and awareness at the local level. So, um, NYSERDA has been um, doing a few things. One is we have a, a clean energy communities program that. Um, directly partners with communities across New York State and encourages them to take certain actions um, that makes them eligible for NYSERDA grant funding. And those things can be along the lines of um, adopting a unified solar permit, for example. So they're streamlining their solar permitting process as part of that process. We also have teams that are focused on hands-on outreach with communities um, and uh, really going uh, statewide and talking about, you know, uh, what's real and what's misunderstood. There's a lot of different issues around certain technologies, um, even solar, which is probably, you know, the most kind of, you know, accessible. A lot of local municipalities don't um, have a lot of experience with, and so they don't know how to tax it. They don't know how to permit it. And obviously that makes um, the, the permitting process, let alone sales cycle process, if you're trying to sell to municipalities even longer. So, um, you know, we'd certainly be eager to, you know, to hear more input on where you're seeing those challenges, but it's certainly, it's certainly real and something that we have to, we have to collectively kind of tackle. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you look at some really complicated things that are trying to be done, like the, the prize initiative, right? And, and such an exciting sort of game-changing, innovative approach, but when, when it comes down to, push comes to shove, it's a localized project and, you know, without the education. I used to, for folks that don't know, I was the chief sustainability officer for the federal government, so we worked across all the federal agencies in terms of energy and sustainability. And when you had folks that were focused on it, then you had to have a center of excellence to help educate those that have never done a PPA before on how they get it done. Yeah. So you know, those type of tools can be really helpful to bring those communities who may be scared of committing to a 20-year power agreement they've never heard about, to say, no, don't worry about it. Walmart's doing it. eBay's doing it. It's where we are today. Yeah, they, I think they often feel an information and expertise imbalance in a conversation yeah. with um, companies and developers. The good news is, though, I mean, our experience has been with the Clean Energy Communities uh, Program and other outreach uh, opportunities. They, they are raising their hands and saying, we, we want to, to work on this. Yeah. We, we agree that this climate situation is urgent. We know that we have to um, do things differently and we have to say yes to projects. We just want to make sure that we, we get the details right. Yeah. How are you, in, in, right now we're facing obviously a much different federal uh, environment than we have the, 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 in the past in terms of the focus in the, this area. And there's so many, I'm not going to ask you about the, the, the administration, I'm going to ask you about what other states that are trying to catch up to New York, how are you sharing information with them on what you're learning through REF, REV, how you're pushing these innovative uh, policies forward, or in push, you know, flipping around, what are you learning from other states? Well, so one of the silver linings, and there are not many of them, um, for, for President Trump's decision to pull out of the Paris Climate Accords is that it did create an opportunity for states to start working more closely together and, and sort of outside the context of the federal government. Right. So um, really right on the heels of that decision to pull out of Paris, uh, Governor Cuomo, Governor Brown from California, and uh, Governor Inslee from Washington decided to 
decided to start the U.S. Climate Alliance, which now has um, 15 different states and Puerto Rico involved. And we are working, you know, together on all of those issues. And I'd say, you know, as much as um, we certainly uh, consider ourselves leaders and um, are, are committed to staking out a leadership position, I, I am uh, constantly telling my team to talk to their colleagues in those states, uh, find all the good ideas that are out there to make progress and steal them and bring them back yeah. to New York. We uh, we are uh, uh, have as much to learn from them as they do from us because all of us, again, are trying to navigate something that there's really n- not a lot of precedent for. Yeah, and as as innovative companies or investors, you know, we're, or, or people buying energy, they're literally working in 50 different fiefdoms to try to figure out how to get it done and watching what New York's doing, what California's doing, you know, I think we can also become advocates to say, look, these are the policies that may work here in, in Pennsylvania and Massachusetts or wherever else. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's heartening to see so many states opting in, and I'm, yeah. um, you know, I think collectively the uh, the states represented in that alliance are um, they're over forty percent of the U.S. population wow. represented in those states. So, you know, a good a good portion of the United States is still still represented in in this conversation about um, meeting and exceeding our global uh, obligation to to address climate change. Excellent. So, if we come back a year from today. Uh, and have this conversation um, in this beautiful room with this beautiful view. Uh, hopefully these companies have progressed and investors have put a lot of money into them. Please do it. We know, how, how, how has the landscape have changed over the last next year? That's a, an awesome question. And I, I, um, I actually think a lot about that um, because... You know, when I look across the board at what you know what we're doing at NYSERDA today, and um, again, I'm someone that's been at all of this for for a little while. Today is really different, and I think a year from now we are going to look back and say, you know, 2018, 2019 was one of those years where things changed substantially, where we finally started taking um, really big steps, not just small steps, um, yeah. to walk towards those clean energy goals. So, um, as I mentioned, you know, NYSERDA's role and renewable energy procurement. We, um, you know, we made a big announcement earlier this year. We're going to have another one coming on the uh, in the wake of our second RFP for large-scale renewable resources. We are going to be putting, you know, thousands of megawatts of new uh, renewable generation under contract to get constructed and built over the next few years in New York State. Really, when you think about that 50% target, you know, making up a sizable portion of the delta we need to fill, and those are contracts that are going out now. Awesome. I think we will see the first, hopefully, the first contracts for uh, large-scale offshore wind. Um, NYSERDA is very shortly going to be issuing our first RFP for approximately 800 megawatts of offshore wind, and right. that's a, a totally new. Um, era for the United States is offshore wind. It's coming and it is needed and it really can be sort of the, the workhorse in delivering massive amount of clean energy to the congested East Coast. Yeah. And I got one more. Yeah. storage market as well I think Um, you know that is uh, something we've been talking about for a while the governor set a really big target of 1500 megawatts by 2025 and we are going to be putting the the building blocks in place over the next year to really turn that market on we already um, just recently announced that um, we were adding uh, $40 million of incentives to our New York Sun program to support the addition of storage to PV systems being built under that program. Um, so we're going to start you know, moving from policy and targets to projects being built in a really big way. Excellent. So first of all, thank you so much for the time. And um, you know, 
when I worked for President Obama, I used to talk about us leading by example um, and sort of what we try to do across the federal government. It's amazing to see the leadership that the governor has, leadership you have for NYSERDA. You know, I hope that we can come back in a year and reflect on some of those changes. And, you know, we are just at the beginning of a new term. Uh, for obviously, folks followed the election last night. Uh, it's an exciting time in New York, and we hope to continue the momentum and the the leadership you're, you're showing here going forward. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. We are uh, we are excited and ready to go. Excellent. So thank you for, for joining us and for folks um, on the podcast. You can learn more at cleancapital.com and get more episodes. Alicia, thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks. This was fun. Thanks for listening in today's conversation. Find more episodes on cleancapital.com, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We look forward to continuing our conversation on energy, innovation, and finance with you.